Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. Noctis Point, Chapter 29. Panting, Alex sat down on the edge of the Locust platform. It was warm in the dome today, even this early in the morning, and his coveralls felt heavy and sticky with sweat. Natasha came to sit next to him, kingly kneeling a few paces away. I think we're getting it, she said. Alex shrugged. Reckon so. I want to run it a few more times, though. You seem happier, Kingley said in between sips from a small water bottle. Locust doing it for you, huh? With a grin, Alex stood up. It's nice to be good at something. He stretched aching joints, aware that he was fitter now than he had been when he arrived at Noctis Point, than he ever had been. Under Jameson's watchful eye, the physical training was just enough to push Alex, and he felt good. It's a shame I can't take away the other player's psych, though. You saw those games we watched, though, Natasha said, rubbing her aching shoulders. They mainly used psych. They're not ready for an all-out physical attack, and that's what you're pretty good at. Kingley clambered to his feet with a little groan. Besides, they just said, not yet, for your anti-psych thing. Who knows? Maybe you've got something unstoppable there. Ready to try again? He cocked a thumb at the central platform. Alex got up as well. Yeah. Elsie? Generating opponents, Elsie's disembodied voice said. Three virtual players appeared on separate platforms, stood with arms wide and legs slightly bent. Each one was tinged a different colour. Alex stood in the middle of one of the pressure platforms, running over the strategy in his mind. The platforms were just far enough apart that a mistimed jump would send him tumbling down to the ground. That was part of the game, of course. Throwing all three members of the other team off would mean a win for them. Ready? Elsie said. Go. All three of their holographic opponents exploded into movement. The green-coloured one dived for the middle platform, claiming it. A bright red light flared up the moment its feet touched down. A second, purplish-blue, stayed on one of the pressure plates, while the yellow one began to move towards Kingley around the edge. Natasha, swap, Alex said, leaping onto the middle platform. He brought his fists up, one near his torso as a guard, the other further out as a threat. Behind him, he heard the dull thump as Natasha moved onto the pressure platform, claiming it as theirs. Having her there and defending her meant that she was free to claim one of the heat-sensitive platforms. As soon as Alex's boots touched the centre platform, the light underfoot went white, and the projected opponent, Green, moved into attack. Now, Alex shouted and jumped. As his boot left the ground, he felt Kingless Psyche grab him and throw him up and over the central platform, towards the one at the far end. He landed on the edge, almost missing the platform entirely, and flailed his arms wildly. Sorry! Kingley ducked under the reach of Yellow's arms and flung his arm out, and Alex felt a little push in the small of his back. It was enough to save him, and he turned to look at the battle. Green was still holding down the central platform, but now he had Natasha on one side and Alex on the other. Alex grinned, and with a loud yell jumped back to the central platform. Green turned at the sound, and at that moment Natasha threw out her hand, putting everything into a psychic punch in his face. Without a sound, Green tumbled over the edge of the platform and flickered out of existence. Under Alex's boots, the central platform glowed blue. Without warning, the other two coloured opponents vanished. Hey, Kingley said, what gives? A soft chime sounded out of the air, followed by Elsie's voice. Students and faculty, this is a wide-beam broadcast from Principal Hugh Reeve. Please ensure that you are in a position of safety. Message to follow in ten seconds.
The three teens looked at each other. Alex shrugged. What could they... What could be this important? Trouble, was all Natasha said. Good evening, students, teachers, researchers, and all other staff, said the voice of Principal Reeve. He came out of the air in much the same way as Elsie's voice. Some sort of telepathic message, Alex decided, but of great power. Was Elsie boosting it, or was the principal capable of this alone? Acting on intelligence received. Noctis Point is under lockdown. No one is to leave or enter the site for any reason. All scheduled holiday is cancelled and will be reimbursed at a later date. Alex closed his eyes and was surprised to see an image of the principal sat at his desk. He looked harried, his sparse hair lank and his cheeks ruddy. He had turned his chair so that his desk was behind him and sat on the other side of the desk were two young women talking animatedly. Princess Ariadne, Alex whispered. The principal took a deep breath and continued. As you know, the Jovian population has been at war with the Empire for several years. Recent advances in their level of technology have led us to believe that they are allying themselves with the rogue AI known as the Machine. You may have seen the newscasts showing their psych-proof soldiers. The most recent development is that in the last 24 hours, all Imperial troops have begun to pull out of Ganymedian and European forward bases. We are expecting an imminent attack here at Noctis Point, as the current relative positions of Jupiter and Mars to Earth make us the logical stepping stone for the Jovians. I do not believe in hiding knowledge like this, which is why all personnel are being informed at the same time. Students, turn your gaze outwards. We have a common enemy, one that will require us all to be alert. Your fellow student is not competition anymore, but a potential lifesaver for you. Faculty, all lessons henceforth are to be geared towards combat and defence. Researchers, I will see the heads of departments in my office at 2100 this evening. He paused, and Alex saw him run a hand down his face that came away wet. He looked old suddenly, old and weak. Noctis means night in Latin. Perhaps we should have named this base Dies Point, for this base must become a point of light in the darkness for the coming days. That is all. The connection died, and the image went black. Alex opened his eyes and looked around at the others. Kingley's face was serious, his eyes clouded, and Natasha was paler than usual. Well, Alex said, unsure how to proceed. That was interesting. Psych-proof spiders, Kingley said. Bad news. Not necessarily, Natasha said. Psych-proof just means we can't affect them. We can't pick them up, crush them, whatever. We need to find more effective ways of killing them. She stopped as the other two gave her incredulous looks. What? You're just talking so calmly about killing, Alex said. I didn't think you were... Didn't think what? Natasha said. Didn't think I'd lost anything in this war? It's been bloody business for so little gain for so many years. Luna is a small community. We all know each other, and when one of us is lost, we all grieve. She broke off, looking away from Alex. When my brother died, we all grieved. Alex opened his mouth, then paused, unsure what to say. Natasha turned back, her eyes clear. Listen, I don't know about you two, but I'm not going to die when the spiders come. I'm not going down without a plan. If I have to kill a few spiders to get there, well, I'll lose sleep over that another night, okay? Alex nodded reluctantly. Okay, 
I'm not sure how much help I can be in actual combat, though. They climbed down from the platforms. All around the quad, other groups were doing the same, gathering into larger groups. Natasha bent down and grabbed a small stone from the ground. Remember back in Captain Harris's lesson when you were trying to move the shapes? Alex scowled and looked down, but Natasha carried on. Imagine holding this a bit like it's the tip of a baseball bat or something. You could swing it around no problem. She demonstrated, holding the stone at the end of a line of psychic force and waving it back and forth. Yeah, but how effective will that be? Alex said. In reply, Natasha swung her arm down as fast as she could. The stone ploughed into the soil and clanged as it hit the metal underneath. Pretty damned effective, she said. I guess we can throw stuff at them too, Kingley said, but it's not great. Alex shook his head. No, but if we can come up with ways to fight them, you can bet that others have. People with more skill and control than us. There's a whole group that was getting ready to ship back to Earth to join the army. And there's the Locust teams. They know their stuff. We'll be okay. Jameson called the training group together. You're all to head to your TK specialist for some extra training, he said. I hope that everyone heard what the principal said. No infighting. Get your asses over there double time. At a jog, they crossed the quad and filed into the gymnasium. It had already been completely reset. The tables and chairs along the edges of the room had gone, as had the little training and assessment sets. In their place, large targets had been set up. Several balls, chunks of plastic, shards of glass, anything that held an edge or weighed enough to be a danger were piled up, and a member of the maintenance staff brought in another wheelbarrow of gear as they watched. Captain Harris was dressed in a combat slick suit, his hair freshly shaved and a stern expression on his face. Right, he said, once all three training groups were gathered together. This is a training exercise that is going on wherever you are on the site today. Novices and experts alike, we're all going to be practising similar techniques. There is to be no infighting, as you heard Principal Reeve say last night. Let's all be sensible, please. He picked up a chunk of red Martian rock in his hand and threw it up in the air. It soared upwards, then arced forwards and down as Harris's sight caught it. With a thud, it slammed into a target's centre and exploded in a puff of dust. You cannot affect the targets directly, he said. If you come up with something original, please share it. Those of you who are adept at pyrokinesis, there will shortly be a separate target range out on the quad with heat-proof targets for you to use. For now, we'll start with basic target practice and work up from there. I can't do that, Alex whispered to Kingley. Not a chance. No, you can't, Kingley replied. But you've got your own stuff, right? Just like in Locus. Alex stepped forward to stand next to the others who were lining up to take pieces of masonry and preparing to launch them. Captain Harris moved to block his path. Alex, a word if you please, he said, turning and walking a small distance away without waiting for a response. Alex followed, his heart beating fast. What's wrong? I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this, Alex, but Principal Reeve has asked that you remain apart from these lessons. Harris's face was unreadable, and Alex felt his stomach drop away at the man's stiff demeanour. The risk of you accidentally removing the only weapon we have from others around you is too great. I'm sorry. But I can control it. It's not like... I can fight. Alex looked over at the others, to where Kingley and Natasha were already improving their aim. One of Natasha's rocks soared high and thudded directly into the centre of the target, leaving a little red mark. I can't do that, but... Alex, the decision has been made. Please report to your quarters and remain there until your midday meal is brought to you. Harris finally met Alex's eyes. I am sorry, Alex. Truly. If you were sorry, 
You wouldn't make this happen, Alex said, feeling his power rise up inside him. A ball of white-hot rage began to spin in his chest and for a moment he yearned to blast Harris, to strip his power away, to fill the room with ice and fury. Then the feeling collapsed like a dying star and he turned and walked away. You've been listening to chapter 29 of my novel Noctis Point. If you've enjoyed this episode, why not visit stevecookfiction.com where you'll find more episodes and blogging about writing.